Hello and welcome to Embassy City Church Podcast. This is a place where all people can experience the love of God through the Word of God. Our prayer is that you will be inspired and transformed. Thank you for joining us today. So excited. How many were blessed by week one of the Redefinition series? Y'all are laying it on too thick. I love y'all. I love y'all. Y'all doing a spectacular job right now. All right, so get your Bibles. We're about to go. We're in week two now. Get your Bibles. Toss them real high in the air. We're about to make some declarations, okay? Real, real high, real, real high, real, real loud. Repeat after me. Today, the Holy Spirit is going to speak to me again about redefining my life. After today, I will know and fully understand that God wants to rename some situations in my life so I can be and do everything he wants me to do. After today, though? Like, for real. After today, though? My redefinition is going to allow me to give birth to God's promise. Let's go. Let's go. All right, so we're still in Genesis 17 like we were last week. Genesis chapter number 17, but this time we're starting at the 15th verse, okay? Last week we read 17, 1 through 8, talking about Abraham. This week we want to talk about Sarah. Okay, if you're taking notes on this message, the title of this message is renaming you to receive. God wants to rename you to receive everything that he has given and purpose for you to have. Genesis chapter number 17, starting at the 15th verse. Here's what it says. Then God said to Abraham regarding Sarai, your wife. Her name will no longer be Sarai. From now on, her name will be Sarah. And I will bless her and give her a, and give a, oh, I will bless her and give you a son from her. And he put this with an exclamation mark because he knew this was cray. Yes, I will bless her richly. And she will become the mother of many nations. Kings of nations will be among her descendants. Then Abraham bowed down to the ground, but he laughed to himself in disbelief. How? How could I become a father at the age of a hundred? He thought. And like, how can Sarah have a baby when she is 90 years old? So Abraham said to God, May Ishmael live under your special blessing. (laughs) But God replied, no. Sarah, your wife, will give birth to a son for you. You will name him Isaac, and I will confirm my covenant with him and his descendants as an everlasting covenant, renaming you 
to receive. Bow your heads. Let's pray over the word, shall we? Holy Spirit, give us the capacity to receive. Amen. So last week we talked about what it was like to get your name changed, redefined, so that God could prepare you for everything that he wanted to do for you and through you. But I think a lot of times in the narrative that we talk about with Abraham, you know, Abraham is, is famous for, for, for stepping out and believing God. Abraham is, is known uh, around the world, the, the foundation of three different religions. Abraham is the, is the uh, 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 progenitor of three different religions, M- Muslim religion, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, Juda- Judaism, and also Christianity. All three trace back to Father Abraham had many sons, and many sons have Father Abraham. I am one of them. And so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. That song was written. That's how famous he got. He got his own song. Abraham steps out on faith and decides to follow God. But a lot of times who gets lost in the narrative is Sarai. It wasn't just that Abram got called to do something. Uh, His calling impacted his family. Have, have you, has God ever told you to do something and, and it wasn't just going to affect you, but your family was going to have to go through it as well? That God has called you to do something. Maybe God told you to, 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 to switch jobs or maybe God told you to move to a different state. And by, as a result of that, it wasn't just, he wasn't just talking to you. He was talking to your wife and your family as well. He's talking to your husband and your family as well. He might have been talking to your parents, your children. As well, the call of God oftentimes doesn't just impact us. It impacts impacts those that are around us. So I want you to imagine Genesis chapter number 12 when, when Abram is 75 years old, been living the same kind of life he had always been living, and, and all of a sudden he gets this call from God to move out of his country to a place that God would show him, and Sarai is impacted as well. Where are we going? Why are we going? We've been comfortable here. The majority of women love stability. I don't like a lot of changes. If we're doing this, let's just do this. Don't keep switching stuff up. If you say we're going to the mall, let's just go to the mall now. I don't need you to be spontaneous right now. Sarai is 65 years old, and and, and now all of a sudden, uh, Abram comes to her and says, hey, I think we should leave. Uh, I've heard a voice from God. Who's that? I don't know, but we're going to go find him. (laughs) Well, where are we going? I don't know, but he said to follow him. To where? Don't know. He said he was going to give me something. He promised me something, so I guess we're just going to go. Sarai follows her husband faithfully, and and as a result, winds up in a lot of precarious positions. 
Everywhere they had gone, when they first left uh, uh, the, the land of the earth, the Chaldees, everywhere they had gone, uh, uh, Abram had been putting up altars and worshiping the Lord as markers to where God uh, was speaking to him and where God had been faithful to him. But they get down into Egypt and he forgets this covenant and this practice of, of setting up an altar and worshiping the Lord. And they get down into Egypt and, 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 and Abram looks at the situation. And he goes, man, if, I, if these people know that this is my wife, they are going to try to kill me and take my wife. And so he says to his bride, Sarah, hey, girl, um, when we get to Egypt, uh, just tell everybody you're my sister. Tell everybody you're my sister, and um, I think things will go well. They didn't. They didn't. They get down there, and, 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 and Abram says, uh, hey, I want to introduce you to my sister. And they say, your sister is fine. Now, can we just stop for a minute? When you 65 and the whole town is like, who is this? You had to be a gorgeous person. 65 years old, she's walking around and they said, who is this? And they said, he said, my sister. And they were like, great, well, we're taking her. And, they, and she winds up in, in the Pharaoh's house and in, uh, in, in, in the king's house, and, and, and before anything terrible can happen, God visits the king and says, if you touch her, you'll die. And he's like, I didn't listen. I didn't do nothing. I didn't even, I didn't even set this up. The guy, the guy said this is his sister, and God's like, no, that's my daughter. That's his wife. And, and Pharaoh goes, oh, my goodness. Take her? You almost got me killed, man. Take this girl and get out of here. And here's what happens in that exchange. In the exchange of Abram's lie, the king gives him gifts. He gives him monetary gifts. I'm not talking about cash. In those days, uh, uh, your, 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 your finances were based on uh, agriculture and livestock. And so he was given several uh, uh, sheep. He's given several donkeys and goats. And he's also given men servants and maid servants because of a lie. Once it's found out what he actually did, uh, uh, the king says, listen, uh, uh, you shouldn't have did this. Take your wife and all the things I gave you. I don't even want them back and I want you to go. The reason why I'm pausing to tell you this is because this is how they got Hagar. Hagar came into their life based on a lie. It was masquerading as a gift. But later it becomes, it becomes plan B to a, 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 a divine purpose that God never wanted her to be introduced to. I pause to say this because personal integrity is absolutely important. Even when you're scared out of your mind. It's better to just tell the truth about the season that you're in than to try to make it sound a different way so it, will, so, so it will potentially go well for you. And so they leave. And Abraham is with this promise of what's supposed to happen in his life, and he doesn't know exactly how it's supposed to happen, but, but as it is, he is understanding that as he's getting older, if this promise is going to happen, he's really believing God for it. And it's Sarai who introduces the prospect of Hagar. 
It is Sarai that brings it up. It's not Abram who brings it up. Now, a lot of people blame Sarai for bringing it up. I don't blame Sarai for bringing it up. I blame Abraham for being so quick to jump on the suggestion. Somebody needed to take him through a discipleship class. He needed to go through a little bit more marriage counseling because it seems like the whole scenario went a little too fast for me. Hey, honey, I don't know if God's purpose and plan is going to go. And look, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm old and I'm barren and I don't think it's happening. And so maybe, maybe, maybe you should just go and, and sleep with my handmaid, Hagar, and maybe God will give us the promise through there. He was like, okay. Like, slow down, Abram. God gave you a specific word. And they wind up having Ishmael and, 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 and things seem to be going well. But, but how many of you all know when you switch from God's plan to your own plan, you can get what you want, but ultimately you will not want what you got. I took, the, I took the other job for $10,000 more money. And, and listen, this is for the family. And, 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 and this other job is going to give. I know we got to move to Virginia, but it's going to be great. And then you get there and everybody mad. But you said you wanted to move here. You said you were cool with the house. I know what I said, but now that we're here, it seems like it was plan B. How come we didn't wait? God said he was going to do something in Dallas. Why did we get so bothered? And so frustrated that we decided to manufacture our own thing. God told you three weeks ago that he wanted you in a season of isolation just for a season, but you're already dating. I thought he told you. I mean, it's in your journal. The ink is still fresh. God wants me in a season to be alone with him, to draw closer to him. Five days later, you're like, we're close. God, um... I need a girlfriend now, right? Whatever it is, what I'm trying to tell you is don't be impatient when it comes to God's process. Sarai had to learn this as well as Abram. It wasn't just that it affected one person, it affected both of them. Last week we talked about how Abram's name got changed to Abraham, that God wanted to do something in his life that was going to uh, set him up to believe him for more. He changed his name literally to the father of many nations. It was a prophetic word that every time he heard his own name, it was a prophetic word being spoken to him over and over again. Abraham, you know you're the father of many nations, right? Abraham, you know you're the father of many nations, right? But how many of you all know you can't do whatever God's called you to do alone? You need people in covenant with you to bring God's purpose and his plan to pass. So I want to give you three points uh, in this redefinition message so that you can understand exactly how you need to be governing your life as it relates to what he's calling you to do in this season. Point number one, here it is. God redefines you to believe. God will redefine who you are, so that you can believe what he wants to do through you. The same way we talked about last week, Abram's name had to be changed to Abraham so that he would believe God for more. It's the same thing for Sarai. 
She needed her name changed so that she could believe God for more. Here's what it says in Hebrews chapter number 11, verse number 11. It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child, though she was barren and was too old. She believed that God would keep his promise. Can I tell you something? If God has ever given you a promise, it doesn't matter how your circumstance look like now, he is going to bring what he said to pass. Now, you could be a thousand miles away from that reality, and everything around you could be screaming to the top of its lungs in your life saying, this will never happen. But I'm telling you, if God gave you a promise, he will bring it to pass. And the only thing he needs from you to ensure that happens is faith. The Bible says that Sarah just believed it. She giggled in disbelief. Imagine getting a word at 89 years old by this time next year. You're going to be pregnant. 89. I mean, this, this for some of y'all, this would be your great-grandmama. Can you imagine going to your great-grandmama's house? Great-nana. Great-nana. Great-grandmommy. Hey, got something to tell you. <laughs> you and granddaddy? It ain't over. Just celebrated your 89th birthday, but I'm here to tell you, by the time you hit that nine, oh, though, oh, you gonna see. She just believed it. Even though she was barren and couldn't conceive, she still believed it. He had to change her name for her to see what she, what he wanted to do in her life differently. It couldn't just happen with Abram. It had to happen with Sarah as well. Point number two, please write this down. God redefines you to conceive. God redefines you to conceive. This is so beautiful to me. Here's what it says in Genesis chapter number 17, verse number 19. But God replied, no. This is after the suggestion of Ishmael being the one. We already, listen, I know we made a mistake. We have, we, we, we have Ishmael and, 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 and listen, just let my, I mean, this sounds crazy. I'm 99. She's 89. This is not going to happen. We already have Ishmael. Why don't you just transfer the blessing over to him? It's really convenient. He's already here. Why don't we just give it to him? Here's what God says. No. Well, God, you know, I already, I already made the change, and I'm over here now, and so why can't you just bless me here? Here's what God says, no. Like, like I, I, I acknowledge what you did, um, uh, and I have a blessing for Ishmael too. God bless Ishmael. You go and read it. God blesses Ishmael. But he says, that's not where, my, that's where, that's not where I said my promise is. God can turn a mess into a message and still get you back on the right track to give you exactly the way he said it was supposed to happen in the first place. He's never going to turn your plan B into his plan A. <laughs> I'm going to let that marinate right there. Ooh. I'm going to say it again. He is never going to turn your plan B into his plan A. Here's what he said. No, Sarah, your wife, 
will give birth to a son for you. You will name him Isaac, and I will confirm my covenant with him and his descendants as an everlasting covenant. This is, this is amazing to me. He says, listen, I, I'm changing her name just like I changed yours. Now, here's the thing. Abram's name meant exalted father or high one. We talked about this last week. Abraham literally means father of many nations. Theologians believe that the pronouncement of this name, the that is, is a part of his name, Abraham, is literally God breathing on his name. That the breath of God was added to his name so that he could redefine himself and believe God for more. It happens with Sarai to Sarah. She gets the same type of breath. But here's the difference. Sarai's name means princess. Sarah means princess. Hold up, Tim. I thought this was about redefining. Her name was Sarai. Princess. Now it's Sarah, even with the breath of God. It still means princess. Without a different definition, your whole series is shot, bro. No, it's not. It was in the difference in pronunciation. Sarah didn't need as much as Abraham did to be prepared to get what God wanted to give her. He said, I'm going to just pronounce your name a little bit differently, but you're still my princess. But but I want you to understand, you're, you're, you're not just the princess of your earthly father. You're the princess now of your heavenly father. I want you to change your perspective on where your name points to and who shows it the attention. You're not just the name that your mom gave you, that your dad gave you. You're not just the name that society tries to bestow upon you. You are the name I've called you to be. And when you can receive the name the way I want to pronounce it, it will open up the capacity for you to receive everything that I want to give to you in this season. He says, I'm I'm a... I'm going to do it through Sarah. I'm changing her name from Rye to, uh, I just need to breathe on her. And she'll believe for more. I know it seems crazy right now, but it's going to happen. Now, need y'all to grow up a little bit, be mature, as I wade into the waters of what happened between Abraham and Sarah. They believed God, not just in word, but in deed. Abraham heard this word, and as crazy as it sounded, 
he decided to go check. Let me see if this is going to really happen. Sarah decided to go into this tent and just see at 190 years old. I know there's a picture in your head that you don't want, but you're going to deal with this today. I'm reading the Bible. A 100-year-old man took his 90-year-old wife into a tent, zipped it down. Told everybody, go do something with your life. <laughs> go herd these cows and these sheep or whatever you need to do. They didn't just receive the word. They applied it. They went in that tent and believed God. And do you know what happened after they believed God? God responded. See, you can't just take his word and not put action to it. Whatever he's calling you to do and whoever he's calling you to be, you have to try it. God's calling you uh, 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 to be a business person. You better try to open a business. What do you think is going to happen? You're just going to wake up in the morning and be a millionaire? You can't pay yourself, let alone an employee. You better take a class. You better go to, back to school. You better learn a trade. You better find a mentor that can teach you. what. There's, no, there's none of us that's going to be great at anything we do without, without applying it and getting in, getting in behind somebody that knows what they're doing and going, I need to learn from you. See, that's the type of person I am. I'm a voracious learner. Anytime somebody's doing something that's great and I think I can glean from it, I'm like, yo, can I come meet with you? 5 a.m., I don't even care. I'll get up at 3.45 and meet you anywhere in the Metroplex. I will jump on a plane. I just need to, I just need to ask you three questions. I'm, not, I'm that type of person. When I started preaching, I just got around some great preachers and I just started asking them questions. Hey, man, how do you do that? And I will not take, it's the anointing for an answer. Right? There's some practical things that you do that make you a great communicator, and I need to learn those things because I think I'm on that same trajectory. Now, listen, if I, there's no way I could be who I am today in the body of Christ if I didn't practice. Who among us thinks they're going to become great and they don't practice? Do you think Tiger Woods picked up clubs? On the day the master started? Do you think that Beyonce picked up a microphone on the day of Coachella? Do you think that Mark Zuckerberg started Facebook on the day you signed up? No, what got them to where they were is practice. And here, <laughs> is what Abraham and Sarah with their new names decided to do. They decided to go practice. God told us he's going to give us something and we're going to go see this is going to happen. Which brings us to point number three. God redefines you to give birth. God is not redefining you to call you a new name because it's cute. 
hey, Abram, Sarai, I really don't like your names. If you're going to follow me, I just need, I just need jazzier names. Abraham sounds great. Sarah sounds amazing. Yeah, you guys can, Abraham and Sarah, y'all can follow me, but Abraham and, uh, no, I don't want you to follow me. Let's check our history. Last week we talked about this. Abram had been following God for 24 years before God decided to change his name. Sarai had been following God for 24 years before God decided to change her name. So when her husband's 99 and when she's 89, here's what God says. This is as far as you can go with that name. I have to breathe on your name and redefine who you are or you will not have the capacity to receive what I want to give you in this season. Some of you in this room have gone as far as you can go with the definition you have about your life, with the definition you have of your marriage, with the definition you have of your job and your career and your spiritual walk. This is as far as you can go without a change. And God loves you enough to say, hey, I just want to pause real quick because I want to breathe on some things in your life so you can have the capacity to believe God for what I want to do in this season of your life. So point number three is God redefines you to give birth. He's not doing it just to be nice to you. He's literally doing it to change you from the inside out. Here's what it says. Genesis 21, verse one. The Lord kept his word and did for Sarah exactly what he promised. She became pregnant and gave birth to a son for Abraham in his old age. This happened. Ooh, this is so good to me. This happened at just the time God said it would. And Abraham named their son Isaac. Eight days after Isaac was born, Abram circumcised him and as God had commanded. Abram, Abraham was 100 years old when Isaac was born. And Sarah declared, God has brought me laughter. All who hear about this will laugh with me. Isaac's, names, Isaac's name subsequently literally means <laughs> That's what his name means. <laughs> I just want you to imagine 90 years old pushing out a baby. 90. I'm not going to give you no visuals. baby comes out and this 90 year old woman is now holding a baby and this is the only thing she can do
Isaac is just standing there. <laughs> what is going on? But I love what Sarah said. She didn't say people would laugh at me. She said people would laugh with me. See, we rejoice with those that rejoice. We reap with those that weep. Here's what God is saying. I want to bless you to the point that you give birth to some things in your life based on my redefinition, that you will have others that will come and join you in the celebration of what I've called you to be in this season of your life. See, there's some people in this room, you will not be the same person by the end of this year. God is, you won't be the same person by the end of this month probably. God wants to redefine you in ways that allow you to open yourself up to the possibility that there may be more that he wants to give to you, but he can't get it through you with the mindset you have right now. I'm trying to stop, but I just, I feel this for somebody. God needs to redefine you so that you can receive. That's what a good education does for you. It reorients you and redefines you so you can receive something that you would not have been able to receive if you had a prior definition of who you were. CEOs start as interns. Then they get redefined along the way. The intern turns into the office clerk. The office clerk turns into the administrator. The administrator turns into the manager. The manager turns into the vice president. The vice president turns into the CEO of their own company. They're being redefined all along the way. And every time there's a redefinition, there is now a reopening of the heart to consider the fact that God may be trying to say something different to you so that he can give birth to something through you. Because of what Abraham and Sarah opened up their hearts and their minds to, they gave birth to a promised child who had two sons. And one of those sons had 12 sons. And a couple of hundred years later, we got millions. It only takes one person to be open to change for a whole generation to be blessed. Sarah can't do it without Abraham. Abraham can't do it without Sarah. But when they have faith together, they can literally change the world. God wants you to have the ability to be redefined so that you can receive in this season. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you? Thank you for listening to our podcast today. If you would like more information on our church, please go to www.embassycity.com. We would love to hear from you. Our prayer is that you have been inspired and transformed. Have a wonderful day and come back again.